0: Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered.
1: Hey, welcome back to Business Unfiltered. Jeff Sauer here and joined as always by the one and only Mercer. Today we're going to be talking about getting outside investment in your business. So, I'm really interested in this one outside investment. I've done some investments in other people's businesses. I have not had somebody invest in my business, but I wanted to see your opinion on this Mercer and just talk about all the angles, all the ins and outs, the gotchas, everything like that. So, let's go ahead and, and get to it. So, I'm going to have you start off by defining the topic. When we talk about getting outside investment in your business, what does that mean to you and what comes to your mind?
0: Yeah, I guess when it when it comes to needing cash in the business, I can either get that from my customers, right? By providing products and services. I can get that from myself, maybe a credit card, line of credit, something like that. Uh, or I can go to somebody else who is not a current owner that wants to bring in outside cash in exchange for equity is kind of how I'm thinking about that. Is that typically when you say outside investment, you're thinking about people who are not part of the company. It's not any of the company's resources, just outside investors coming in. And specifically, and this is kind of the question behind the question, is it, for exchange of equity or are there are other ways that you can get outside investment.
1: Yeah, that's how that's I think about it the same way. It's funny because the exchange of equity is not a given, but it is a lot of times what we think about when we think about investing in the business is that they're getting an equity play. There are debt Financing, you know, like if you look, if you go to, if you watch a show, the episode of an episode of Shark Tank, you'll notice that there are different ways that they do it. But mostly, they're looking for equity. But a lot of times, sometimes they say, "I want a royalty." Sometimes I want a, you know, piece of the profits until I'm paid back. There are different other ways to do the deal. And I think that whether you choose to give up equity or not, generally it it comes down to um, the type of business that you want to run and the type of, you know, whether you want to have outsiders telling you what to do in your business or not. And there's a lot, you know, what type of freedom you want, how much you believe in your idea, how big the market is. So there's a lot of different things that contribute into it that I'm sure we can unpack throughout this this episode. So, um, yeah. So I think that, you know, that's funny, actually. I think this can just tr- just lead us right into strategy, right? So there are a bunch of different ways of looking at outside investments, but a lot of that comes down to the strategy. You know, do you want to retain your equity? Do you want to you know, do you need a short-term injection because you think you're on the verge of something happening or do you think that you're more hey long term I just want some stability in this thing some validation in the business there's all kinds of different strategies for getting outside investment some of it's validation some of it is partnership having some really smart people coming in there so you can lock them in um yeah just do you have any and you want to give an overview of some of the strategies that you've seen when it comes to investment in businesses and then I can can see if there's any that I have seen that that maybe weren't included
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously like you'd mentioned, there's already like the straight exchange for equity, but I, I think another thing is just a loan. I think people forget about like the old fashioned way of just like, Hey, I'm going to loan you this much money. And I want this much percentage back at the end under these terms. Like that's yeah. also possible. Right. I, I think I personally don't like the, let's just give away equity so easily. Cause I feel like, especially beginning entrepreneurs just do that. Um, and that yeah. stuff is, 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 I think it's important to keep, to keep equity. Um, that said, you know, how useful is equity? You know, if you're going to sell, it makes sense. And If you're not going to sell, then really what's the, it's almost becomes vanity at that point, I think to some extent. Um, yeah. But the, uh, the other way of, of uh, doing equity investments is through other, these crowdsourcing platforms, which I'm curious if you have a sort of experience with. Like for example, we uh, use Zencaster for this, at least currently we're using Zencaster yeah. for this podcast. you have had great experience with it, plan too. They are on WeFunder. I've actually invested in Zencaster nice. because we use it right? So I'm getting, now, am I going to expect to be a millionaire over this little investment? No, of course not. But it's like, they're using this, we funding crowdsourced platform to be able to get a bunch of investment into their company. And they're doing a pretty good job of, you know, sending updates and notices what's going on in the company. And so you kind of have that investor experience, um, by giving outside investment. And of course they get the liquidity that they need if they can't get it through, you know, if they need to, they're basically trying to buy runway, you know? Um, so that's, that's sort of the, a couple of different ways that I've, I've seen it. Is there anything else in addition to that, that, Uh, you've come across?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, (laughs) you mentioned the just giving away equity. I can't tell you how many times that I've, that I've talked to people or listened to podcasts where people have an idea early on and there's three people that are involved with the idea or two people and they like, okay, third, a third, a third, or 50-50, and they, they give it away like it's like it's not worth anything, and then if it does, the ones that are successful, I mean, some, most of the time, it's not worth anything, really. It's like you're, you, the company just folds, but if the company becomes successful, that, that's a major regret because there's no level of vesting in it. They're like basically the money, the time goes in there, but they're not guaranteeing that time. They might say, you yep. get a third, a third, a third for what you put in there in 2019, and yet, Somebody left in 2020, or somebody wasn't carrying their weight for the next three years. Is it still worth a third of the business? So, just giving equity away is a major mistake that people make because they don't think it's worth anything. Yet, honestly, this is the self-check. If you think that it's going to be worth something someday, then don't give it away. Right? Um, you should actually hold on to it, and then you should just get there. You should use cash or leverage cash as the way to get the value of what they're doing. Right? So, if somebody's helping you with something, you just pay for it, or you give it to them and you pay back. Um, you pay them back with interest but rather than doing cash. So yeah, those are the two major ways of doing it. It's it's equity and debt financing if you will of investment. Most of the time, if somebody's a savvy investor, they want equity because they're 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 giving up their money in order to get a return, an expected return. And the return is capped when you loan for money. So if I give you if I gave you Mercer 100 grand, well, first of all, that's probably not going to meet all your growth needs. You're probably going to need more than that if you're going for growth. It's like a one-time investment is never a one-time investment when somebody's going for growth. But if I give you 100 grand and I say it's 7% per year or something like that, that's actually a pretty good return. You know, Over the course of that, if it's a 10 years that you have to pay it back or whatever, I'll probably, you know, I think 7% over 100 grand, I'll probably get between, and I'd have to look at a calculator, between seventy-five dollars and $100,000 back. Right. So I'd be doubling my money over the course of that time. But it's like, OK, well, why wouldn't I just go into the stock market? Why wouldn't I just right mm-hmm. now interest rates are so high? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I just put it into a money market account that I can take out any time? Why would I want to lock it into a company that's volatile? So loaning money to a business that is is actually usually not a very good idea, Um, And you have to have a higher rate than the rate of savings, for example. Otherwise, you're sort of locked into this long term, right? With a high chance of failure. So um, most people are like, okay, I'm either going to go all or nothing. Either I'm going to take equity in this thing and either it works 10x or 100x what I put in there or it's zero. And that's actually been my philosophy when it comes to the companies that I invest in. Right? I, I'm not. I'm not in a position to be a debt financer. I don't have money just sitting around that I want to earn a return on. I actually have. An, I have the money I have. I want to get a better chance of an outsized return because the real value in having an outsized return then becomes that I basically I, I can have an asymmetrical return. Otherwise, I just put it in something safer. Right? And so, and and when I'm talking about here specifically, private companies. Small businesses not like you know not not companies that are already public or not companies that have a cap table with a bunch of other investors. I'm talking about like the initial round, like an angel investor. I'm talking about that now, um there are other types of investments too. we haven't even gotten into that there's angel investors, there's seed rounds, there's you know series a through d there's public. Public companies and everything like that. I think we're gonna probably lock this episode in towards the really early, right? Angel slash bootstrap business getting investment in their business.
0: And so, how do you think about it, just from a a business owner's perspective? So, two two questions, I guess. One is, is investment always dollars, right? Currency, let's say, right? Funds, or is it skills? Sometimes like, Hey, I need to get somebody on my team, especially as a small business owner. Sometimes it's like, I have the skills of building the widget or providing the service, but I don't have the skills in marketing said widget or marketing said service. And so you can bring somebody else in who maybe has those skills. They're investing those skills in exchange for equity in the company. I could see something like that. Um, also kind of planned for this, or is it only just cash, right? Some sort of uh, funding that you're, that you're thinking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's a really good question. So I think that outside investment, we can we can sort of define it however we want to. I think those are both types of investments, right? So um, a book that I can recommend to anybody is called the Slicing Pie Handbook. It's over on my shelf over there, and it basically understands like how do you assign equity not just to cash but to contributions. And so you're talking about can can an investment be contributing? Yeah, I mean, I I, I coach a lot of agencies. I'm working actually on my on my my life plan, I'm working to the point where I will coach them for equity in their business. Now, I might give them capital as well. I might give them money in, in addition to it, but I'm going to be coaching people in order to get a stake in their business. Now, the reason why they would choose Jeff to coach versus cash or or both combined is say that the business is worth, let's just use a round number, $100,000 right now. If my coaching, if I normally bill it at a couple thousand dollars a month or whatever, if I can contribute that, that is that is adding value to the business. Now that business would have to be worth two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand or whatever, right? So it's like an example would be business is worth one hundred k right now. I coach them. I don't charge them for it. Normally I charge five grand a month. Um, I do that for for a year. That's sixty thousand in contributions. The business becomes worth half a million dollars. Well, in theory, if I if it was just a straight exchange, I might even own thirty percent of that business. Um, Or, you know, 60 into 160, whatever that number ends up being, right? I might own that three eighths of the business because I contributed the equivalent of cash to their business, right? While they're working on it. So that might be an example. It's like you basically, okay, Jeff, gave us $60,000 in free coaching. The business is worth a half million dollars now. My stake went from 100K to 340K, whatever. I'm I'm just doing back of the napkin math right now. Um, It's worth that much more. Yeah, he just netted us 240K because of his skills. So yes, you can absolutely apply skills to it. I think that's a great way to go. Um, One, if you have coaching skills or the skills to grow a business, but you don't have your own capital, your, your time is actually, the ex- it's just like money. So it's a, it's like the t- exchanging time for money type thing. Um, later on, I think that, you know, the people who are true capitalists, they have the money and that money, the money they know is the, is actually the fuel, right? The fuel of growth. So they both happen and they both can work. I think that over time, the more money you have, the less you'd want to give in your sweat equity, or you or you would become right. a board member, and that would go alongside the money, right? So you'd advise, and that's really just to protect your investment.
0: So, how how is a small business owner like? How do you think about when you need outside investment? Because I and and where I'm coming from on this is, I see a lot of these stories out there where I'm like this is a dead company. Like this is a zombie mm-hmm. company. This is a bad idea from the start. This is not going to work. It has very low probabilities of success. And yet the first thing they do is like, let's go out and raise money. And then of course, somebody with way too much money will give them a pittance, right? From their perspective, it might be $3 million, but it's like nothing mm-hmm. to a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. So so they get these outside investments and that, they're just buying lottery tickets. That's all the yep. the like Silicon Valley, you know, hedge fund people are, that's what they're doing, right? The VCs uh, and angel investors. But from a small business owner's perspective, I think- that has has uh, produced weaker business people personally, because I think in a certain point, it's like, hey, I can either go outside – like, hey, I've got to pay my bills. I need $100,000 uh, to run the company for a year, let's say, super small micro business. Yep. I can either go to my buddy Jeff and get him to invest because I know he's got a bunch of money or I just – figure out how to run the business so it's profitable and actually market better and actually make better products and actually take care of the customer service issues or put in better structures and really build muscle, you know? And and most of the time where I'm seeing people saying, I need outside investment, I'm like, you don't because you're going to, you're going to just going to fuel the poor machine that you've already built and it's a bad machine. So all it's going to do is inefficiently burn all that capital, you know? So, so as a small business owner, when you're thinking about that, like, how do you, how do you know, like, okay, I really need outside investment. Like I'm I I legitimately need it. This is what is the next step versus that other that other route.
1: Yeah. So again, I, I sort of with my own business, which I've not gotten outside of investment. And I don't think that right now it's worthy of outside investment. I don't think that I have a clear enough picture as to where I want it to go. I, I'm getting there, but it's like like I don't know if somebody would want to invest in it until I can say, Hey, here's the vision you're going to get this thing. You're going to get the, you're going to give me this fuel. And then I'm going to take this rocket ship to the moon, right? We're going to see hockey stick growth, um, because of this thing. So here's the return is now part of it comes down to things like product market fit. You have to have product market fit before you get an investor or, or that's, that's usually when you get the seed money or the money that, that helps you grow even further. Um, you know, angel investment is really a lottery ticket. So I look at an angel investment as a lottery ticket, right? It's pre product market fit it's at idea stage, it's at, hey, give me some runway so I can stay in the game longer, right? So it takes, you know, it can take three years to, to stay in the game until you get your real business idea. And angel investment is sort of just giving somebody money until they can get some kind of traction, right? Um, and then once you have product market fit, then it makes sense. So for example, you and I both do courses, say that say that we're doing pretty well, you know, we're, we're growing or whatever, and then we suddenly figure out, the acquisition method, we suddenly figure out exactly how to acquire customers and how to get it in front of people. Well, at that point, you can either take your own cash and and grow. You're like, Hey, I'm growing at $10,000 a month because of this new method. And it's, and it's, and it could be, you know, we could double that $10,000 a month. Maybe we're going to double our, double our monthly run rate by the end of the year. Well, we can triple it. If we get outside investment, that's when you start saying, Hey, I really need investment here. I need money in order to get there because the growth is hindered, not by people whether people want us or not its growth its its cap its it's hindered by how much money we can invest in acquiring new customers so there is a certain point where a company can chop around they can be you know steady not growing growing a little bit subtracting a little bit and then suddenly they figure out the method it's usually around product and it's around customer acquisition right almost all outside investment money goes to growth which makes sense right cuz you're basically saying hey i could grow a hundred percent in five years at my current pace, but if I get outside money, I can grow a hundred percent in one year, and that grows. almost so like 100%. it collapses, like it's
0: collapsing time.
1: Exactly. Like that's yeah, All the, that's that's yeah. what investment does. Is right, investment collapses time or extends time. Right, it extends time. Um, in certain cases, that's what where loans usually happen because you're just extending until you get it figured out. You're extending the, with the angel investment. You're extending your timeline, and yeah, and then and then, but then there's growth capital, right? And those those are both those are the two types of investments. It's extending your time in the game or or shortening your timeline to achieving what you want to
0: achieve. Yeah, that makes it, that makes a ton of sense. And I think the stronger and the better that you understand your own business machinery and your own business plan, how your business works and knowing your numbers and knowing, Hey, if I put this much money on Facebook traffic, here's what it's going to produce in 30 days. Like those sort of um, having that sort of understanding of how your business operates, is going to make it easier for you to get outside investment. Cause not everyone's got access to angel investors, uh, nor, you know, again some there's always other reasons for outside investment not just the money but also the expertise that they might bring i get that too um but there's also things like you know sbdc right small business development center in the us here there's different governments that will have um money to help out uh, businesses and and that's where i think making sure that you've got a plan of how your business is supposed to operate and then is it operating according to plan is important because it'll make it easier for you to get that outside investment
1: exactly yeah and so i mean that's that's again this is the investment comes down to i mean it's like so i'll, I'll switch it over to me being an investor because i've, I've actually invested in other people's companies more than i have in my own and than other people have in mine and i almost always invest because the founder has some kind of vision of where they want to go and i believe that that person is going to that their vision is a 10x idea on the money right so i've invested in quite a few companies some are software as a service and now I understand what it's like to invest in a software as a service pre-revenue. It's it's hard, right? You basically your the money you have pays for a development team that gets the minimum viable product in place, and then once the minimum viable products there, they need to have enough money to go out and do marketing or to sell it, right? They need to have that personality to go sell it. So I've done a couple of those, and they are they do have monthly revenue run rates right now. They are making money. One of them already already returned my my initial investment back to me. So I'm everything else is house is money at that point. Um, those are those are some of the big ones that I go for. I do some cash flow investments, which they actually don't have. They're, they're higher than the seven percent, you know, that we were talking about. Like mm-hmm. you might get from loaning it out, um, but you invest in a business that already is producing cash, and then you you're just basically buying into that future cash flow, right? So you're basically saying, hey, I'm I'm gonna give you hundred k right now, and then I will get ten um, percent of that back every year moving forward, right? So you're you're they're cashing out and you're cashing in that's like a cash flow investment. I've done some like group buy stuff right where you're buying a portfolio of things. You're basically hedging your bets and saying, "Hey, one thing doesn't do well, the other ones do well. We're hedging our bets in that way." And then um, you know th- those are the main types of things that I do and then, you know, another one I did is, a- is another cash flow business, right? I just invested in a- another cash flow business that needed growth capital to get the cash flow coming faster. So those are the things that I look at in the numbers and I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, do I, do I believe in this company or in the founders? Do I, do I think my cash will return itself to me someday? Is there high likelihood of return? And then also, do I want to do this versus keeping it in a safe environment? And that, that comes down to things like portfolio management and stuff like that too, right? Like I don't put all the money into those things. It's a, it's a very small, comfortable percentage that I can afford to do that with. But those are probably where the returns are going to come from. Traditionally, that's where I've gotten most of my wealth from (laughs) is investing in other businesses and then, and then that, that have the out, the, the leverage that, or that, that get the outsized return as opposed to the stock market and stuff like that. I love and the so stock s- market. It's responsible, but that's, that's, I, I like the, the higher chance of success, more volatile
0: stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, so if somebody's, if somebody's hearing this and they're like, wow, how do I meet a Jeff, right? How do I meet my Jeff Sauer who can invest in my business? Like, how did you come across these opportunities from the investment perspective? Is that just basic networking? Or are you on these platforms you know, like WeFunder and, and I, yeah. a bunch of others, I'm sure like.
1: Yeah, so I, it's mostly networking. It's people that I know and I trust. Like I'm, I actually only invest in people that I trust, that I know, that have had, had some kind of track record in the past. And generally, what I found is people who have had a business that was successful and became known there, but didn't own all of it. They only owned a small part of it. Then they're doing their next one where they want to be the majority owner, have more control. They want stuff, and they're bringing investors along. So that's that's sort of my sweet spot. People who you know who are who have more to gain from this second company than they did from their first one, even, and who have something to prove. Um, that's that's something. The other one is like um, investing in websites is just something. And, and I invested in a newsletter just a couple weeks ago. That's um, something I'm really interested in, like the newsletter business model. So sometimes I'll put my money in there just to see their financial statements and just to see how that business runs, just in case I want to do a newsletter or case I want to do better. At what I have, right? Like, what are their mm-hmm. customer acquisition costs? So it's it's like insider information that you'd never get publicly. So sometimes I just invest just to get the data and the information, um, and that's that's all I can really do as a, as doing this as a side thing, right? It's like I invest in a founder I believe in, and I think that that you know I, I invest in the person or the business model is sort of where I'm at.
0: And then and then going back to to the sort of hierarchy of this as a as a business owner, do you when you're when you're projecting out like, okay, maybe like either way, you're going to need cash. You know that. Uh, And let's say you can't get it quickly from customers for whatever reason, like marketing's not quite hitting or a product fit isn't quite there. And, and the conversion rates aren't where they need to be. So it's not coming in from our customers, which is the ideal. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So then you have to go to other places. Do you, do you exhaust every other option before you go to outside investment? Meaning, okay, I'm going to go get a line of credit with the bank, or I'm going to go take out uh, a PayPal loan. They have those little, you know, yeah. loans depending with PayPal yeah. or some other funding company, you know, or put it on my own personal credit cards, you know, that sort of thing. And then you go to outside investment, or is it like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to hold my own money here. I'm going to go to somebody else's money instead yeah. because it's their money, not mine.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it depends on the person, the founder, right, and the or the person who's in charge, like and the or the owner slash founder, assuming that they're the same person. Um, it depends on their timeline. It depends on how much they believe in what's going on, and whatever. So I'm like I'm like I've had some cash flow things, some cash flow issues this year, and I I, I go through that every day. Mercer, do I put money my own money into it? Am I do I become my own investor to retain a hundred percent? Do I take a bank loan and almost like a loan shark break your knees? Like I don't really like the terms of those things. Do I take like an eight percent loan for temporary? Um and or do I do I consider bringing in outside investors? And I've I've thought about all those different things. Um right now, if I have cash flow issues, I, I mean it's it's I'm I'm conservative, so the cash flow issues are are sort of like in my head somewhat. Um but generally speaking, I just I just I can self fund. I I'm sort of relying on me self-funding. Although once I crack the code on the acquisition that I'm talking about here, I will probably be talking to outside people to give me growth capital. I'm actually fine at this point to give away some equity in the business. Um, And the main reason why is accountability and changing the timeline from my timeline of I don't really have any kind of, I can just keep this business forever to sort of getting in the game where it's like, okay, now I want to grow a business for potentially growth exit that type of stuff right so basically once you start the equity conversation your clock starts ticking on when other people can get out of your business right people are people might be rushing to get into your business they will if you have a great value proposition and the growth is showing but how do you get them out of it right um, with venture capital there's two ways either you go public or you get acquired right or you fold there's three options i guess um, i don't want to have those three options in that timeline in my life right now so i haven't really done that so it's like okay well if, 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 unless, um, if I can see things turning around in the horizon, then I self fund it. And then I just sort of pay myself back, right? If, it, if customers can pay it, I self fund it, pay it back. But if you want to start the clock on saying, Hey, you have five to 10 years before this company is no longer yours, or before you have to make so much cash that you can buy other people out, then you want to get outside investors. So basically anytime you have outside investment for equity, you need to look at your timeline. Goes from infinite to five to ten years before that person wants their money back. Either you buy them out, or you or you sell the company, right? So do you want that clock to tick? I'm 42. I'm cool with the clock starting. To, I'm actually fine with with having my clock tick on this business. Um, yeah, you've got the. But time I right. haven't started the clock yet, right? So it's it's a, it, like you have to think about these things for a while, right? Before you actually decide. Okay, well, am I ready to go ahead and, and actually act on this thing?
0: Yeah, and a lot of what you're what you're talking about is also you're, you as you're talking, you know your business in that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like because I think there's a lot of owners who don't understand why they're not making money or why yeah. they're not profiting. They don't know what the gear is that's broken because they're not really measuring for that or don't really have it planned out or have decided they're they're not numbers people, you know, and yep. you know, telling themselves that story. So then they're just out there trying to fundraise all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and they you know, end up just losing people's money, you know, and mm-hmm. recently, you know, rework went bankrupt, mm-hmm. you know, not that long ago. Right. And that was, but that was one of those weird businesses where I'm like, how is this guy getting money? Like this model doesn't seem to work. It didn't seem to work for anybody back then, anybody that looked at it and yet raised, ended up creating this company that lost $17 billion and got paid a billion dollars to do it. Like he'll be, he'll go down in, in, in a history of like, you know, yeah. just that's a, that's a heck of a deal. Um, but that's the outlier, you know, type of thing. So I think, um, you know, when you, w- understanding the business model, uh, I personally think as a small business owner, you need to know that. And yet you see things like we work where like that doesn't prove that at all. But I also think that was a different time. Like the the environment of investors has changed. They're not interested in growth as much as they're interested in profit. Why? Because money's more expensive for them. It used to be basically zero. Right, yeah. that they could borrow it for. So anything they made was fine. They just needed something to cross their fingers on. And now it's like, okay, no, I need to make sure I get this money back. I need to make sure you're a real business. They're not just taking a, a three page pitch deck and giving people billions of dollars or you know millions of dollars. They're they're like, hey, what did you build? Does this actually work? Does the market actually want this? You yeah. know, do dog walking app that you just created or whatever the thing is. Um, so I think, I think that's been, you know, I I don't know, I guess I'm torn because it's like on the one hand, I think it's the right answer to say, you really got to understand your business and, and treat this thing seriously. And the other hand, you've got, you know, the, the euphoria that was 10 over the last 10 years that sort of, I'm hoping is the exception to the rule, uh, and not, not the rule. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I mean, a lot of people are feeling the pain right now. Um, as the time we record this, I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, but maybe not, but I, I talked to a lot of business owners. And a lot of people have been doing layoffs for the first time in like 10 years, right there, there are, yeah. that is the harsh reality of it is expensive to invest in a company now because money's expensive. Um, we haven't had expensive money in it over a decade, right? The last time money right. was expensive was in the 2000, like 2006 or seven or something like that. I think it was like the interest rates are the highest they've been since then between 2007 and 2009. And so we have had cheap money and that has led growth and it's been great. Now, now that money's expensive, it tightens the belt, and then it's like, okay, can you even get an outside investment in your business? Do you, you know, you have to be, you know, in order to get investment, you're getting it at a lower valuation. Generally speaking, you're getting mm-hmm. it; um, it's more, it's more competitive to people asking for investments. It's, so it's like a, it's a buyer's market for investors versus a seller's market for the people who own the company who are selling their equity. Um, it is a wild time right now. And so it's like the, the main thing is that, do you have a good business model? Do you have a, an anti-fragile business model that can survive this? You do have, are you in the right segment or right industry? Um, and, And you have, you know, can you crack that code on acquisition? I think that that's the big thing is right now, the name of the game is acquisition. I think acquisition was a lot easier when money was cheap because people were throwing money at their problems and they didn't really have to have it accountable. But at 7%, you know, or whatever the five to 7% interest rates, um, 5% prime, I think it is, then you have to really, you can't throw good money at, at bad ideas. You have to be more selective and discerning. And so it is a buyer's market for people who have money. Um, You get to choose what you do and that, that changes the game and, and maybe investing in a business, like you said, investing in growth isn't, you know, maybe you want to invest in profit and that, that makes a lot of sense at this point, right?
0: You yeah, because it used platform. to be the day it's like you could just spend a bunch of money. Like I've seen these companies and, and this, you know, because we obviously, you know, and you're you're familiar with this. You see a lot of the numbers behind the numbers, right? Just in our business um, that we're in helping people with measuring everything. And you'll see these companies like, oh, I got, you know, $200 million in revenue. And it's like, it only cost us $300 million in spend to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, what's the point of that? It's, you know, somebody's going to eventually want to have some money back from this and it seems to go (laughs) negative. Um, But so I, so I don't, I don't, I agree with you. Like, you know, growth for growth sake, it depends what you determine growth. Let's do growth of profit. You know i'm all for that let's grow profits let's you know grow that and keep those sustainable um you know maybe grow the stability of the business that's a good thing to focus on it's not always about getting new leads and, and new sales that's obviously a part of it you just got to keep everything in balance and i think that the the investment community is is uh quickly coming to that because they have to um, yeah. because even though it's just a few percentage points difference it's a massive difference in mindset well, the, yeah you know, that's well the funny,
1: the funny thing i found is like you know people in the, in the heydays, they were, they were buying Airbnbs and then, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, There people were paying 10X over, they're paying over market by far for a car wash because they wanted a cash flowing investment. And it yep. turns out that these things don't cash flow very well. So there's, there's a lot of things that people went through and have gone through by just related to the money. And, and the reality is that the best things are the, the items that you get for a, a solid valuation and that, that can, that have the ability to produce cash. Whether they produce cash right now, I mean, if, if your skills turn it into a cash cow, great. That's how you get, that's how you ensure the return on your investment, right? So there are ways to invest outside of money, but also when you invest money, you want to invest something where you have skills that can make that even better. So if I had somebody invest in my business, I would probably the only person I'd want in my business is somebody who can help with acquisition, right? Money right. for acquisition, and then also is really good at getting customers and better than we are at it, because that would be diverting
0: the the acquired yeah. leads. Exactly. Yep.
1: Yep. Exactly. So that that's like that's the type of investment that I would want right now, not just any money, right? And I think that somebody who would be a good investor would want that. Now, was that going to change in like six months potentially? Is that going to change in six years potentially? Right. Those are all things. Eventually, you get the you attract the investors who. Want want steady cash flow who want to buy part of your profits from the future now right they're going to give you money now to buy into your profits in the future there's all kinds of different ways to do it um and so i think you know the main thing you know just to
0: wrap it up here do you have any final thoughts mercer Just, just, I guess when I'm thinking about this as a business owner, if I needed outside investment, or if I'm trying to figure it out, I would mean personally, I would have all my numbers laid out, you know, how how I'm converting, where my projections are. Then I'd be like, okay, here's my shortfall of money. Money's going to solve that problem. Okay, fine. Let's bring in some outside investment because I don't have any other options. Let's pretend. Um, Then it would be, okay, how am I going to use that money? And how is it going to feed the machine to produce better results? And if I can project that out, let's say with 80% certainty, where I'm like, better than average chance this is going to work out the right way, then I would go for outside investment. If there's yeah. like, I don't know, fingers crossed, I hope this works. I don't know that I would, because I think the business model would need more work you know, for me to make it more stable. So that's sort of how I would think about it if I was um, going for it. And then, and that's really it. That's all I got, I think, on this uh, particular episode. So I'll throw it back to you for final thoughts. Yeah, I think the same thing,
1: man. If you want, so just tying it back to getting outside investment in your business. If you want that, you need to make a compelling story about how that investment's gonna make it better. You wanna choose somebody who's gonna help you get there or their money seems better than the other ones, or the valuation is high. And you need to have, you need to want to be able to shorten your timeline to exit or getting out of their thing and put yourself more exposed. But there are outsized benefits from it. Getting outside an investment in your business should increase your valuation. That's the only reason why it happens. The only reason why anybody would ever give you money is to make money off of their money, right? Unless it's yep. a charity case, otherwise it's a nonprofit. And so they are trying to make money. And so there's a certain inflection point where you believe that more money will get you to where you want to be faster, um, shorten your timeline, I mean, or or if you want to extend your time in the game. Those are the different two main reasons for getting outside investment in your business. There are many vehicles to do it. Equity and debt are the two main ones. Um, and if you want to learn any more about this thing, if you want to follow up episode, or if you want to learn more about us as investors, that might be interesting too. I would love it if you'd let us know. So thank you for listening to another episode of business unfiltered. If you like what you listened and what you learned today, make sure that you leave us a note. And if you want to hear us do a follow-up episode on this or talk more about it, let us know that as well. And we will see you in our next episode.
0: And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered, always unapologetically honest.